Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Right from the start, like the, 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 the meeting, um, warm-up leading into the, the drop of the puck, it was just blah. And uh, the guys feel it, they know it, they're trying to catch it, they're trying to, you know, talk their way through, energize their way through, you know. Uh, we didn't simplify our way through, which we could have done a little more early in the hockey game. That, that was Dean Everson talking about a very uninspired 2-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks for the Wild uh, last night on Monday night. They'll play again at 4.30 on Wednesday afternoon. All right. Dino. So the good news is that the Wild won. The good news is that the Wild now has a franchise record uh, nine consecutive wins at home. And by the way, a one-timer of Judd's Hockey Show. He's Declan. I'm Judd. Um, the bad news, the bad news is they got outscored 11 to one in Colorado in, uh, on Thursday slash Saturday. And what I expected last night was to attend a hockey game where a, what I consider to be a pretty good team. I mean, the wild's pretty good team. I think they're a nice team that they came, that they would come out flying because one, the ducks aren't good. And two, you just got outscored and thoroughly outplayed by an abs team. That's really, really good. Instead, as Dino referenced there, we got sort of a laissez-faire, not into the game. I was very surprised. I thought Cam Talbot was outstanding again. So, But I'm going to pick, I'm, because the games in Colorado were so bad, Dex, I'm going to give you the one the one consolation about last night's ugly win, but still, nonetheless, a win, okay? okay. Hit me. Yep, ready. Strikes me as the type of game previous Wild teams would have lost. Okay. Like Cam Talbot was really good. I, I always go back to, in a game, and this has been the case a few times this year, I always go back, Dex, to how many fluky goals would Dubnik have allowed last <laughs> night? You know, like weird bounces or something like that. Right. And Cam Talbot uh, didn't face a ton of shots, but what he did, he played really well. The uh, goal he gave up was a short side breakaway on, on a puck that I think Ryan Suter just absolutely coughed up. And Suter scored his first goal of the season on a power play. Hey-o. On a power play. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Nick Bukestead, whose line played really well, I thought, mm-hmm. uh, he scored what proved to be the game-winning goal when Ryan Miller, who is the Ducks goaltender, who's about my age now, was hopelessly out of position, but he played a really good game too. So I'll start you off with that. I do believe that previous incarnations of this Wild team lose that game last night, okay. and they did win 2-1. to one. It was ugly. It was um, not what I expected, but they got the two points, so there's something to be said for that, I guess. Yeah, look, um, I'm with you in the fact that, yes, Colorado was maybe a little bit of a wake-up call. I know I was sipping the wild Kool-Aid. And by the way, the Kool-Aid is still in the fridge, Judd. No weaknesses. The, the, a week ago, Monday, the, a week ago, I'd like you to find that. The Kool-Aid. No weaknesses was your statement. The Kool-Aid is still in the fridge. I did not pour out any Kool-Aid. I am not putting it on the shelf. 
It's still remaining in the fridge, nice and chilled, so when I can pour a big glass of that wild Kool-Aid, I can drink it. That being said, I would have liked for them to come out with a little bit of oomph against a team, the Anaheim Ducks, who, look, Troy Terry is great. He's an American hero, you could say. He was a stud at Denver University, but the Ducks are brutally bad. The Ducks are awful. Um, and I would have liked to see them wax on them a little bit more. Yeah. Great. That being said, two points are two points. And if the Wild got anything less than that against that game, then it would be disastrous because you you just you there is there is no excuse for the Wild not to get seventy five to eighty percent of the points against the Ducks and Sharks. And I, I like yeah the Kings are a little bit better, but most the Ducks and Sharks you got to win all those games. Um, I I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion the Wild are going to be in the playoffs at this point. They it, they would really have to hit the snide from now to the end of the year. The, all, all the analytics and all all the odds say yeah they'll be in the top four. Are they going to be fourth or third? Personally, and that's why I'm very excited for St. Louis on Thursday. Um, I think the Wild are a better team than St. Louis. I truly, I just, I don't, I don't know with Bennington yet, and I'm curious to see how he does on Thursday. I, a, I just don't know. I know he got paid. Got a big contract. I know extension. he got paid. Um, I just don't know about St. Louis, and, and, and it, it's kind of funny that St. Louis and I feel and look, they won a cup two years ago, but St. Louis and the Minnesota Wild. I think when when anyone outside of those markets look at those teams and say, oh yeah, you know, good organizations always are relevant, but, you know, they don't have anything sexy that wows you. You know, they, they, they just really don't. And now they went on that great run, and they won the Cup, and that's fantastic. But kind of circling back to the Ducks and the Abs, yes, there is still a little bit of a gap between you and the, and the Knights and the Abs. That is clear. But you got the two points, and I think that's what's important. And your goaltending, too, Cam Talbot was once again dynamite. Cam Talbot was not the reason you lost in Colorado the first time. Cam Talbot was, was the reason it wasn't 10-1 to 1 instead of 5-1, to oh, 1, whatever it was, right? First period. So I, I think also it's been very important that Talbot bounced back. He, he he earned that you know bucket of the game that they give out at the end of the at the end of each game for for the game MVP. Uh, but I think that's probably the most important takeaway I have uh, from the Ducks game is that Cam Talbot came out and he was ready to play. So on the Abs, the Abs were picked by a lot of people, including I believe myself in our preseason prediction show to win the Cup. I got a note about that when we end end the show later too. By the way, okay, good. And the Abs were. I saw the Avs play quite a bit in the first month plus, and there were a lot of games where, one, they had guys hurt, and two, they just didn't really look engaged. Goaltending wasn't fantastic. In the last week and a half or two weeks, they have flipped the proverbial switch. They've got people back. That McKinnon line is unbelievable. They are they are flat out better than you when they apply themselves and they are healthy and there's nothing like, like that's, I, I really feel that the two games in Denver were um, constructive because this wild team I think is on the right track and it just illustrated where they're at. Like, I didn't think that they quit. I didn't think that it was the old school wild uh, to quote your favorite term from Boots, woe is me. Oh, woe is me. They just didn't have, they're, they're just not as good. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got Kale McCarr. I've got Jared Spurgeon. I like Jared Spurgeon. You've got Kale McCarr. They've got, you know, at least two, if not three, really good defensemen. Um, there's a reason why, and this benefits the Wild, there's a reason why the Avs and Joe Sackett could afford to trade Ian Cole. Like, they did not need him. Mm-hmm. The Wild does, and he's good here, and he's been a nice find. But I didn't find those two games against the Abs to be, like, disconcerting as far as, oh, I thought the Wild was going to win the Cup, and now they're not. 
I found them to actually be very constructive to identify where you are in trying to build this thing yep. because for, because you're not there yet, and that's fine. And the one thing that St. Louis has that you don't have is what? Ryan O'Reilly at center. True. Like you just don't we, – we nailed it two months ago. You don't have a one or a two center. Mm-hmm. Erickson X a very – I love him as a three. But look, you flat out don't have someone to center your top line, and you don't have really someone to center your second line. And the guy who's suffering, and people are, are I see now, getting on his case a little bit more because of this, is your guy Fiala. Yep. Uh, but he needs a center. Like it's that. It's so. It's criminal. It's it, it's clear as day. And I don't. And you know, he he actually got so. It's not surprising. Uh, Dino started the fourth line in every period last night. Saw that. Yep. Which was uh, Benino centering for Sturm and Bukestad. Yep. And that line played well. Played a really nice game. Uh, but the fourth line that came on in the game, because I charted this, was the Hartman-Fiala-Johansson line. Yeah, And I feel like Dino might be a little bit more down on 22. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, he's frustrated, and he should be, Fiala. But I'm not down on him. I just think it's blatantly obvious what he needs. And Kaprizov had a bad game for him last night. But I'll go back to Kaprizov can create for himself. Fiala really can't. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have, I, there is no question that after Kevin got su- uh, super hot from February to the stoppage last year, the teams, you know, spent lots of time watching film of Fiala and they have come up with ways to try and stop him. Well, he needs help now. He's not getting that help now. I have a hard time really getting down on him. I see this more as a byproduct of what you don't have to help him out. I think um, it's unfortunate that basically Kevin Fiala is being banished to guy. And look, Ryan Hartman, God bless him. Yeah. I, I I think he's an awesome player and he's an integral part of the room and and I'm and, totally and a, with you a very good bottom six kind of guy to have around. Yep. But it, it's crimp. If you're putting Kevin Fiala with Zach Parise, who's also obviously on the snide, Marcus Johansson, who hasn't played in two months, that's not fair. Um, and Fiala, all the metric, he's. He's been great. He's been shooting the puck at a high rate. His goal rate is nearly at the same as it was last year before the pause. He's been working his ass off, but then you put him with scrubs, and look, Fiala's good, but he's he's not going to elevate the line. Like, Fiala does need, like you said, he needs the complimentary piece. You know, I can put I can put the toast in the oven, or toast in the toaster, but I need butter on it. I, I can't just eat dry toast. I'm not going to do that. I'm not a crazy person, right? Kaprizov can. Kaprizov can. But he's a superstar. But he's a superstar, and there's something in that bread that Kevin Fiala does not have. Yes. Um, You're, you nailed it. I, I really think if you got and that's why when I'm looking at Colorado and look, that that top line, Ratanen, you know, Landeskog, McKinnon, that is probably the most top-heavy, guns a-blazing top lines in the NHL. It's right up there. I really, you know, I, I don't know who else would be, would be right up there with them. Yep. But that's why I'm so curious if you got a number one center, because it'll make your teams that much better, Judd. Like that, and and that's where if you got a number one center, you don't have to necessarily put Kaprizov and Fial on the same line, which I have been you know clamoring for. But like, just think of that. Just think and and take the compensation and even his attitude out of out of the equation here for a minute. Just imagine a line of Jack Eichel, Kaprizov, Fiala. Mm-hmm. I mean that. I, I'm not going to say that's Ranton and Landeskog McKinnon. It's probably like a half step down, but it it's going to go toe to toe with it in terms of offensive firepower. It really is, and and that's where 
the Colorado Avalanche, and, and I can't stand the Wild fans that don't like watching Colorado. Like, I, I think we're starting to get away from that a little bit more. Yeah, it feels like it's not. I, I don't as think much it's as it heavy as it was even like three or four years ago. Because they thought that, that they were a cheap shot team, yeah. right? And and look, Atlanta they're Scott. very. By the way, like if if the Wild got a number one center, the Wild and Avs match up honestly perfectly. Like the, the Colorado now has defense. Grubauer's been playing a lot better and than Colorado I ever thought plays he was. De- and and the one thing that's changed too, Colorado now plays defense. Right. But their their blue line has a few guys that are probably superior to yours, right? I mean, McCarr, the the Wild's got some good guys like Brodine. I like a lot. Spurgeon, I like a lot. I think McCarr's a special player. I think like Col- I think he's a top three it, type of guy. Sure. If you want to rank all the, if you wanted to rank the Avalanche and the Wilds defensemen as a group, who is the best of all those players? McCarr is one, but I, I think the depth's a wash. I mean, it's it's right there. The sure. depth is 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 essentially a wash. Um, that that's where I just think if you got that's where it, if you just got the damn number one center. It'll make the then I'm really I'm bathing in Kool Aid. I'm not drinking Kool Aid. I am showering in Kool Aid every single day with that wild song coming. You know, jump around and everything else. State of hockey. I am blaring it. If you got the number one center, because I really think it'll give you all the tools to compete with Colorado and Vegas. So you need a one and you need a two, and I think your your hope is that uh, Marco Rossi can play next season and yeah. becomes and probably immediately becomes the two. Yeah. Like that's a lot to ask, but there's no way. That I think he, he can be asked to be the one immediately, no. uh, but yeah, that, that's and look, I don't think that you can because of what that trade would cost you. I don't think that, that you can make that trade by the deadline, which is what, April twelfth. Is that right? Uh, yeah, a couple weeks. So I don't think that you can make the trade that's going to land you that guy for two thousand twenty one. But uh, but that's why to to go back to the two games against the Avs. It at least shows you exactly where you stand and where things are and what your weaknesses are. And that's my point, though, about the Blues. So the Blues, I'm with you. I'm not sold on the Blues. Bennington's sort of a weird cat. I mean, he's just sort of a weird guy. I like the Blues. I don't love them. But what I do love is they somehow, well, from Buffalo, they stole. Not surprising. (laughs) They stole... Ryan O'Reilly completely. Yeah. And so they've got that guy, that clear cut. I wouldn't call him a superstar, but he's a star. I mean, he's a damn good player. He's very good. And he's the type of guy that you would plug in here in a heartbeat. Like, the problem is this. You're centers right now, okay? Like, like I'm going to fly I'm gonna fly through <laughs> the first four shifts of last night's game, okay? Yep. No, here you go. Benino, hard worker, um, hard worker, fourth line, yeah. but that's what he is. Yes. Okay. Erickson Eck, third line, the best you've got. Rask, who, like, we want to act like, well, he's got this secret magic with Zuccarello and Caprice. <laughs> and, 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 and John Forsman's like, you know, he's had a resurgence this year. And look, box score-wise, he has, but he's, he is Victor Rask. He's right, still but Victor watch Rask. him, but watch him yeah. play, watch him play, try and play, God bless him, at the speed of, like, Kaprizov. Or like the thought process. I mean, Kaprizov sets how many? I'd love to see a metric on how many times Kaprizov has set Rask up and the puck has been in Rask's skates. Not because Kaprizov screwed up, but because that's just Rask. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, as you just said before, your four, your fourth rotation through your lines last night is Hartman with Fiala. But like, give me the give me the center that you want Fiala with here, and I don't think I can. Give give you one because the Erickson Eck line played great last night, and that was Erickson Eck, Jordan Greenway, Parisi. 
who continues to work his ass off. Like the whole Parisi thing. I just want to be crystal clear here. I applauded scratching him for the game when he decided to help Marcus Foligno get a get a empty net hat trick, okay? Yep. That was a selfish bad move. But Zach Parisi works his ass off. He's just not fast enough to keep up now. But I am in no way saying, well, he's take he's now pouting and taking games off. He's not. And on the Eric's neck line last night, because Eck works hard and Greenway now works harder than he certainly used to, like that line was great. But you can't then just plug 22 in and be like, well, Fiala will be great here too. It's not his style of play. So, like, you literally don't have a line on which Fiala, unless you put him with Kaprizov and try and force that, you literally don't have a line on which Fiala really fits his skill set. Sure. I will I will say that, and this is why it, it baffles me, and, and with Felino's injury, it, it even baffles me even more, Fiala needs to be playing with Ekin Greenway. Fiala's number has spent the most time this season with Joel Eriksson Ek. Corsi wise, they've outpossessed teams heavily. While on the ice, they've created six goals on, four goals off. So they've been plus two essentially while on the ice. Yeah, you'd like to see a little bit more goals for sure. And yes, X style doesn't really get the best out of Kevin Fiala. So I know what you're saying, but it, it, it's a punishment, in my opinion, to not put him with Ek and Greenway, who might have the best chemistry on this team, not named Zuccarello Kaprizov, right? So. If I'm if I'm making those new lines again, and God, do we love our line charts? Yep. I am swapping, basically. Uh, uh, who was with Eck and Greenway yesterday? Parisi. I would was on the left wing. Swap Parisi and Fiala. They're like, put put. What has Parisi done to earn top six men? Oh, because he's trying hard lately. Please spare me that BS. Like, I'd I'd rather see Fiala get with Eck and Greenway, and Fiala's shown he's been pl- he's been able to play well with Eck. You may as well do that. Like him playing with Johansson and Hartman is is a damn crime. It's a crime. Oh, it's not good. I agree with you. Get him there. It's, it, it's not good. I would argue that Fiala right now does not have his 2022 line mates on this roster. Probably doesn't. Or at least this. Because think about this. Yeah. Felino when healthy, Eck and Greenway. Yeah. Is a godsend of a third line. I agree. But I'm not going to mince words. Third line. <laughs> They're not starters. They're not first. They're not second. Okay. Zuccarello, Kaprizov, with whoever you get as your new number one or or with Rossi, number two center, is a great top line, okay? And then you could sort of, and then if you get Fiala, a center and a new wing, I don't know, Boldy perhaps, somebody like that, okay? Now you've, now you're at least starting. But I, Dex, I just don't think that there is, like, I just ran through Four centers and one Erickson Eck mm-hmm. belongs in the list I ran through. I'm sorry, I'm not. Bu- I'm not buying into Rask as actually being a top line center. Benino fourth line, okay, that's fine. I'll I'll punt there. Hartman probably should go to wing, and Hartman works his ass off. I get that too, but Benino does that for you as well. Yeah. So it's sort of a redundant center position. Like they're both sort of fourth line centers. Um. All of that being said, I think the encouraging thing is that that everything that the Wild is seeing and that Bill Guerin and Evison are seeing and doing right now is a learning experience and doesn't feel futile and doesn't feel like the last two or three years did, which was spinning your wheels. Right. Not to open up this can of worms again, 
because we can go we can go down this on another path. This is why, like, you may as well pick up the phone and try to get Sam Bennett for a mid round pick. Like you, Calgary, Calgary, you're not going to get a first round pick for Sam Bennett. You're just not at this point. How has he, he played since the coaching change? He hasn't. There, he hasn't done much. But I also just think he's miserable in Calgary. And if I, if if I'm the Wild, I and look the and, and the Wild also have you know pennies up against the salary cap right now as it is. Just trade a third round pick and Marcus Johansson and call this call this square. I know I, I don't. I'm like, not sure they do it though. That that's the problem. Is I, I you think don't think you're Calgary right. does it, or you don't they, think Minnesota? No, Calgary. Does it? I, I don't think Calgary does it. I, I think Calgary is. Calgary keeps holding on to this weird hope that Bennett's going to go from a scratch to first line and it's going to work. He's playing. Like, I think part of the yeah. reason, I, not the whole, but I think part of the reason for the coaching change was they, they were talking again in Canada. We're, we're going to let a fire under Sam Bennett. So, yeah, I mean, if, if Calgary would do that, I think Calgary, though, really thinks there's something there. And you might be right. I don't know. But you've got to I, – I almost – I don't care that much about this year. I really care about getting this right when you can make that blockbuster trade. Well, here, but I also That's what I, care about. I also think you can pull off a trade for someone like Sam Bennett now without crippling you. Like I'm not asking the Jack Eichel. Like if, yes, it's fun to talk reckless speculation and Jack Eichel and first if round you can picks do and it. prospects. For sure, do it right. If you can do it, fine. But I, and also, I, I made I went on that soapbox last week with you on this too. Like I just hate saying in Minnesota, wait till next year. I'm so sick of that when the window is literally right here. I really think it's but right here. But it's not. Here. You're not getting past the abs. The abs are going to put their bleep and skate on you, and you're done. I, I really think if you got they're a center, too it, good. you can, you if, can do it. You if, can hang. If they flip the switch, I think they're too good. I think you need more than that. I think you need two centers. Uh, you need to devote Erickson Eck to McKinnon constantly on a line that shuts down, and anything that they get points-wise is nice. I think there's too many missing pieces uh, to compete. And here's the other problem, too. The other problem is this one. And I know he scored his first goal of the season on the power play last night. Oh, boy. I know. Yep. Um, but when your protege, Adrian Fredericks, made this point, too. But if you are, go- well, no, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down a different path from w- what we discussed about Ryan Suter last week. If you're in a playoff series, who do you match him up against forward wise against the Avs? Because I can't have him on the ice with McKinnon at the same yeah, time. You, you would, and they don't, they don't play together. But you would need Spurgeon and Brodine, like theoretically. No, but right? that's what I'm saying is yeah, like yeah. there's, there's yes, theoretically, and I don't know. The other weird thing about the, the Avs games, I'm not sure since you were in North Carolina. Uh, I watched uh, losing your brother. How much you saw? Good portion of the first game, and then we watched the first period before. They it was didn't have a very good plan. I mean, I know it's. I know at home the Avs get the last change. The Wild didn't have a very good plan for McKinnon as far as that's fine, but then you've got to have a matchup for that line. Dex, they were flying. Mm-hmm. Like you had to have a matchup for that line. That as soon as the pucks dropped, you're a- able to get guys on that you want. Like, unless it's in your zone and they win the draw, um, I was really surprised that Dean didn't go to a more Lemaire-like style of, okay, you off, you on right now, um, just to try and contain him. I, you don't have any, like, if you have a notion that my guys can play with with that line, you're smoking weed. Yeah. Like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, you, you got to have one line that's devoted, and that's the problem. With Eck, who's really good at that, 
they also have this want to, well, he, he can get some points and stuff. That can't be a priority. Yeah. Like, if this is a playoff series, I got to have a formulated plan that any any points Eric Sinek gets are gravy, and that as soon as I can get him on against McKinnon and that line, I got to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't have the luxury of being like, oh, we didn't get the matchup. Okay. No. So, anyway. But I am I, – I remain – I remain optimistic about this club. I do too. I'm very optimistic. By the way, last point as we wrap here on this one timer. No, you you laughed at me. Well, you said you laughed at no, me. No weaknesses is what you Wait, said. Well, well, I'm sorry. No, I'm not going down that no path. Weaknesses. Which you, which I will no allow you weaknesses. Yes, I will allow you to laugh at me for that point. That's not the point I'm about to make. Okay. You laughed. You laughed at me when I gave you my preseason cup final, and I said the New York Islanders, which that wasn't what you laughed at. You said, yeah, I could maybe see the Islanders sneaking in against who? And that's the Edmonton Oilers. Both of them, now the Oilers might have a COVID situation, or at least they, they got their game canceled yesterday because of a COVID situation. But right now, yeah. the Islanders top in the East, Oilers tied for first in Canada. I left you on the Oilers. It's Cur- possible. Right? Yeah, you left me in the Oilers. You said, hey. yeah, you, you said the Isles could, could The Isles are boring run. as hell, but, but they'll, they can but win. They're good. They're going to win. Oh, they're really well I coached. I would love to get And my, Barzell's a stud. Yeah, I, I can watch Barzell play all day. I, I would love to get uh, main man Kevin Connolly, one of my favorites from Entourage, on to talk Isles. I, th- I think Barzell. I think Barzell might be one of my top five oh, favorite players to watch right now. I, I would, yeah. We can maybe make a list of that next week, but I, I think he's definitely in my top five too. That dude is damn good. And I would love to see. I would love to see McDavid and Drysaitel get to a Cup mm-hmm. final because I think it'd be great. Uh, the issue is, um, don't forget R H. Do you believe that? Stalock will be parading the cup around <laughs> the ice. Can you imagine, Alex Stalock? All right, one timer. We are done. Declan, pass shoot score. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.